Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well-oiled power play. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Just before we bring in John Shannon, we might even get John to comment on this. The Memorial Cup, this text comes in on our Westlock Ford text line. Bob, the Memorial Cup, just like the Royal Bank Cup at the Junior A level, is a joke. The league winners battle and play over 100 games, mentally and emotionally are engaged to win their league. Then the host team, who's out for what seems to be since round one, sits and gets 100% healthy, can prepare for those teams, and the players are emotionally invested because they didn't come close to winning anything in their respective league. Regina didn't even make the top eight in the Western Hockey League. Chilliwack, who won the RBC, didn't make the top eight in the BCHL. And both play for the biggest trophies in Canada at their level. What a first. Brendan, can you look up Chilliwack's record? I thought I saw, uh, by the way, the, the Brindamore, Skylar Brindamore, who's an Oilers prospect, he is on that team. I thought I saw their record was, did they not make it in the top eight in the BC Junior A League? They ended up, because they ended up winning, because Wenatchee, who knocked off Spruce Grove in, I think, five games in the, is it called the Doyle Cup? Alberta, BC, the Doyle Cup. Uh, anyhow, Wenatchee got upset in one of the semifinals, and uh, Chilliwack pulled the upset in the other, and then ended up going all the way and winning it all. So I think Chilliwack had like 15 or 17 wins during the regular season. That's it. So if you can uh, look into the BCHL for us, that'd be great. John Shannon joins us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. John, how are you doing? Hey, Bob, how are you? Good. Uh, Brendan, did you find it? Chilliwack was 26-26-3-3. Okay, 26-26-3-3. So they're a 500 team. John, what do you think about that? that, Because you can remember a time... In fact, you probably produced some of the games. When it used to... No, no. You you never produced the Memorial Cup? No, I started at the NHL and worked my way down. Okay, well, uh, that that would not surprise our listeners. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, no, I mean, there was a time when it was just the the three leagues ended up playing in the Memorial Cup, and then they added the host team, which which worked out perfectly for junior hockey because it drove the valuation of the tournament up and they could recoup some more money out of it for the CHL. But what do you what do you, what do you think about? It? I mean, last year Rocky Thompson's team in Windsor eliminated in the first round. They had forty days off. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Erie, uh, who for the three previous years uh, lost to the Memorial Cup finalist in one year, the Memorial Cup champion, the two previous years, finally gets out of the OHL, and then they lose to arrested uh, Windsor team four three in the Memorial Cup final, and then this year Regina. Uh, we got Manny Viveros coming up here at 105. I mean, his Swift Current squad played over 100 games. They were they lost Steenburgen in the first game due to injury. They were exhausted, and there's Regina sitting there, you know, dominated during the regular season by Swift, beaten in the uh, playoffs by Swift, and they had like six weeks off as well. What, what what's your perception on that? Well. It- you know, let's face it, the, what the CHL is trying to do is trying to maximize revenues and create the most interest and make for an easier tournament. It, 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 
the, the Memorial Cup is more than just two weeks. The Memorial Cup takes a year and a half of planning with uh, ancillary events. It's it's kind of like Super Bowl or like Grey Cup, and there are always events going on. If you decide you have to wait until the three teams are decided where the tournament's going to be played, then you run the risk of not being able to uh, create an event so that people can book trips. There's, a, there's actually a lot of people that like the Briar uh, and the Scotty. They book their trips around the Memorial Cup. So you pick a team, you pick a city, uh, and they get a year and a half to prepare it. And I remember how successful it was in Red Deer last year, or the year before, sorry, uh, when uh, when London won, and, and Red Deer was the team that was part of it. And what, they, what the CHL Selection Committee tries to do is pick a team that they think is going to be competitive, albeit two years out. Um, you, you know, it's it, it's a difficult one to uh, measure. There was a time when the 40 days off was a huge, uh, at, uh, was, was not an asset. I mean, I remember working on a Memorial Cup in London uh, where, the, you know, with Bo Horvat, Max Domi, Chris Turney, uh, Anthony Stolarz, they were all on that London team, and uh, they didn't get out of the round robber because they were too rusty. So it, it happens once in a while that they, the home team wins and, and creates some interest. And by the way, Regina, you know, they probably invested 5 to $6 million in getting the Memorial Cup prepared for it. So it's the best system under the circumstances. Uh, and until somebody invents another one that works that is can generate revenue and can create interest, uh, I think we're stuck with it. This text comes in at 6.30, Bob, if the Edmonton Oilers hire Stu McGregor back as Oil Kings GM, I'm done as a season ticket holder. That one comes to us from Marks, who goes by the nickname Carl. Uh, well, Marks, I can 100% tell you that is not happening. Stu has gone on to the uh, uh, Dallas, back to the Dallas Stars for his second tour of duty. He used to scout for Craig Button a number of years ago. And well, let's remember who owns uh, who owned the Kamloops yeah, yes. team that uh, yes uh, that Stu worked for, and uh, I, I'm sure Mr. Gallardi decided that Stu deserved an opportunity with it somewhere else within the organization. There you have it. So uh, this on a day in which the Edmonton Oil Kings make it official. We'll get to your thoughts on the coaching front, but again, the Oil Kings, Randy Hanch will uh, step away. July 1st to pursue an NHL opportunity as a uh, amateur scout uh, and Steve Hamilton uh, the, as head coach let go. Peter Shrelly putting that word out today. This after uh, some big news on Friday regarding the Oilers coaching staff and maybe it was the worst kept secret in hockey and here's how it works. Right John I mean sometimes you people go well you, you get it from the, you know the Oilers people. No actually you get it from other organizations who are no longer in on said coach because the coach has told them he's committed elsewhere. But just your thoughts on the combination of Glenn Gullitson, Trent Yanni and Manny Viveros. Well I, uh, I'll admit to, uh, do a mea culpa right away. I do not know Manny at all. Uh, I've only read about him and seen his work in Swift Current and a little bit in Europe. Um, what I would say is, though, I have huge respect for Trent and what he's done as a player and as a coach in the NHL. Uh, and uh, the same can be said uh, for Glenn. I, I was, I'll be honest, I was disappointed and uh, said this publicly that uh, Glenn got dismissed in Calgary. I don't think he deserved to be dismissed in Calgary, but somebody had to pay the price. Uh, similar to what uh, what happened in Edmonton with the assistant. So from that perspective, I think they're getting a, a, a 
a great coach in Glenn and a great coach in Trent, and I can only read the reviews on Manny. Yeah. Um, we have a Stanley Cup final, John, that nobody predicted. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Um, given Vegas's success, does this make you think certain ownership groups question the way business is done around the league with other clubs based based upon how Vegas... I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights, an expansion team, are the favorite to win the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, only because they're the popular choice. You know that. Money goes where popularity is. Well, and the Oilers, and had, po- when, the Oilers when, had popularity in the summer last year. Sure they did. Sure they did. Um, I, I think if, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at an ownership level. There's lots of owners asking questions. Oh, why isn't our team like that? Why couldn't we turn it around this quickly? The bottom line was is that there were some subjective decisions made by managers, and then there was the objective ones. And the objective ones is that you, you started with no contracts. Um, you know, every team inherits contracts. Every team makes decisions on contracts that you have to live with. Um, and, and once you do that, that blank sheet is done. George McPhee's world is a lot different this summer than it was last. I can assure you of that. George had just as many headaches as anybody else. Um, and so then the other thing was, and Bob, we've talked about this numerous times, he leveraged situations. He leveraged, yep. he leveraged Dale Talon. You know, Dale Talon did not want him to take Alex Petrovich. He wanted him, and he wanted him to take Riley Smith because it was a big contract. And George agreed to take Riley Smith if they threw in Jonathan Marchessault. Same thing happened with Howla and Tuck in uh, in Minnesota. Same thing happened it, to a lesser extent in Columbus with taking Carlson over Wenberg. I mean, and by the way, because of George's blank sheet, he actually took David Clarkson's contract back from Columbus. So I mean, there there are different ways that this works. And by the way, people forget to remind all the fans of all those 30 other teams, each of those teams got $20 million. They got $20 million for this. So, you know, maybe they should just enjoy that. How does that benefit the fans, John? Well, I mean, what it, what it does do is it probably allows teams to uh, objectively look at how you dump players. And, I, I mean, I, I'm just saying it's, from a fan's perspective, you, you get myopic. From a, you know, expansion is... 99% business, and yeah, I think you have to realize that it wasn't as if these teams got, you know, scraped to the core. Uh, they were they were they were involved in this too, and they had a, they had a chance to uh, to get something out of it, and they got money and a chance to dump some contracts. John, in a in an entertainment business, if you don't have fans, I mean, they might be myopic, but the fact is, they also drive it. I mean, they drive the interest for the respective sport, right? So, I get what you're saying. Like, I know, I know you're not denigrating the importance of fans in this equation. Oh, not at all. I just, but, 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 tell me, tell me, a hundred percent of the time that fans are rational, Bob. Well, I hey, I deal with uh, irrational uh, fans on a daily basis. I also deal. I also deal with fans who make predictions. I had people text the show. On the Monday after the Edmonton Oilers won the comp, after they won the lottery to get Connor McDavid, I had people yeah. text the show. I had a guy, Daily Doug, text the show 
on Monday and said Taylor Hall will be gone within a year and a half. And I laughed at him and said, that's not going to happen. Huh? You know, and it's, maybe Doug should be a guest on the show every once. In a while. Well, he actually he used to do the show all the time back in the day, and he's he's too busy these days. But uh, no, <laughs> uh, a small business owner at Edmonton, and he just said, "Watch the dynamic shift now that they've got a you know, with all due respect to Taylor, a player who's even more unique and more special." John Shannon joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Who do you think is going to win, John, between Washington and Vegas? Uh, I think Vegas wins. Uh, and I think Vegas wins because Vegas is going in with one singular game plan and they're not going to change. Yeah. Uh, and Barry Trotz is probably going to try to coach against the game plan. And, you know, uh, to, to me, it's just, you know, the singular mindedness, the way that Vegas has played from, you know, that first week in October until today uh, is has been a huge advantage for them. They're just not going to change. They're just going to play the same way. And they're just going to... You know, skate and and move the puck and 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 go to the bench after 37 seconds and and do the same thing every time. They're they're very very uh, methodical in what they do and they're very successful at it. This text comes in. Vegas also has an entire team of NHLers, while the other organizations are forced to run some AHLers through. I take a team of second and third liners with one or two first liners. Uh, than some other clubs are built with. So what he's saying is because of the... And I think you and me would both agree with that. I mean, this was a unique expansion. Teams only were allowed to... First of all, it was only one team making picks instead of two because sometimes we've seen expansion of twos. Secondly, uh, only one goaltender protected. We had third. We had a cap issue because the goaltender has played a huge part in this. I mean, right now, Marc-Andre Fleury has got to be the consensus favorite to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. It is for me, and yeah. even if they even if they lose the series, it is for me. Yeah. Um, the, 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 and the one thing that again give give McPhee credit for uh, in that whole thing was that he was able to do a deal with Jim Rutherford in February. Yep. For Mark Andre Fleury, that benefited not just the Penguins, but in many ways benefited Fleury. How many teams made that call at the trade deadline last year, saying we'd like to acquire Fleury? And Flurry, because he had a no move, said, "Nope, the only place I'm going is ex- is Vegas in the expansion draft." And Vegas got a second round pick for that. And Vegas got a second round pick for it. Yeah. I mean, what I what I would suspect now is the managers this time around are not going to be as giving uh, when they're protecting players. Just and give up a player. Just give up a player. Just give up one. Yeah. That's exactly right. The problem is that if you get an ownership group like in Florida, where they said get rid of Riley Smith's contract. You're, 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 and there's no guarantee that he can, and you're going to have to give him a king's ransom to do it. And that's exactly what Dale had to do. John Shannon joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. John, I'm going to see you on uh, in Buffalo. Uh, are you going in just on Saturday or are you going to be in Friday night? No, I'm going to go Friday. Okay, well, you can buy. Uh, Par- pardon me? You- I, my phone cut out there for a uh, You can buy. Buffalo Chop House, then. If I'm by it, I get to pick. <laughs> I'll twist my rubber arm if that's the case. <laughs> uh, how big of a deal is the combine now? It's not like the NFL combine, we know that, but how important is it, do you think? Uh, I think it depends on what year and how much publicity there needs to be at the, and how deep the draft is. I think that's what the combine depends on. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember the year that the, the Bruins 
uh, had all those picks. I mean, I think it changed a lot of Don Sweeney's thinking to try to get those three guys in order to try to move up to get Hannafin, and he couldn't do it in the end. Right. I think Charlie McAvoy, uh, you were there, Bob. Charlie McAvoy plummeted at the Combine uh, and ended up going 12th. And, the know, next from, year, from, yeah, in 2016. The next year, the next year, that's right. Yeah, yeah the next year. Yeah. So, so I, think it, I think it still has an influence and it has an effect. And I think what you're seeing now is more and more teams are, you know, congregating there and doing a lot of their amateur meetings around the combine as opposed to doing them separate, uh, either in Florida or California or Vegas or, or even in their home cities. I think, it, I think it's become a key calendar date within the, the non-Stanley Cup world. Yeah. Uh, the interview, I mean, there, there's organizations that will interview 80 different players over the course of this week. That's a lot of interviews. Yeah, but you you have to wonder too, and and I think you probably know the managers that do it is that how much is that for the next five years? How much of that is just to go in the file? Uh, you, you know, I mean, Dean Lombardi, who is the king of meetings when he was the manager, loved to interview kids because he he would have meetings on a weekly and and monthly basis with his amateur and pro scouts, saying, "What if we got this guy now? What do you think now?" Versus what we thought when he was an eighteen year old. A lot of a lot of the teams are using it as an as an investment in the future and and building files on all the kids, both personality and, and athletic-wise, and and how they change and improve over the next two or three years once they turn pro. John, I'm going to leave you with this. David St. Albert says that George McPhee should win the Conn Smythe Trophy. Well, I've already nominated Scott Oak, because I think Scott Oak has had a fantastic playoff on Hockey Night Canada. Uh, but George McPhee, Gerard Gallant, Nobody, everybody in Vegas deserves some sort of award, and I think they may win it, and it weighs 32 pounds. John, I'll see you in Buffalo. I don't know. Are they going to have 32-pound chops at that uh, steakhouse we're going to Friday night on the John? All I know is that you will find one. That, if there is, you that, will find that it. That is on the John Shannon account? <laughs> have a great day, Bob. Have a safe drive in. See ya. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 1251 in Edmonton. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Reminder, every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. We'll take a quick timeout. You can text us at 630-630. Brendan Ulrich will bring you NHL Today for elite promotional marketing when we come back. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 
12.53, we're going to momentarily get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. We'll tell you, if you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes nonstop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass. For reservations to Disneyland, call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com to NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Well, Bob, the wait is finally over. Game one of the Stanley Cup final goes tonight in Vegas. The Capitals taking on the Golden Knights. Alex Ovechkin says both teams have proven all the doubters wrong all year long. We want to be here. We we work so hard all year. Um, I don't think nobody believed in us and nobody believed in Vegas. And we right now in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, we fight for for a cup and I'm enjoying this moment I think everybody enjoyed interesting uh, story for Nate Schmidt of course formerly of the Capitals and he says Hollywood couldn't have written a better ending to the NHL season who could have scripted this at the expansion draft last year you know I don't think anybody could have this is it's pretty special though where both teams are you know for the proposed window to be come back open again in Washington and and for us to be here as an expansion team Game time tonight, 6 o'clock. Hear all the action live on 6.30. Ched game two Wednesday night from Vegas as well. Bob, the Montreal Canadiens, I don't know if you've heard of either of these two Czech defensemen. No. They signed David Skalenica today and Michael Moravisic. I believe that's how you would say it. We'll see if they crack the roster or not. <laughs> and uh, Nikolai Kuhlman is uh, leaving the Islanders for the KHL. Uh, Nikolai Kuhlman's last game, do you know who it was played against? The Edmonton Oilers. Eric Rabbit had drilled him. I believe if you listen to our broadcast, I, I said that Kuhleman was selling out a bit. He never played another game this season. Whoops. Can't get him right all the time. All righty. Uh, this text comes in on our Westlock Ford text line from Sean. He says, Bob, I'll say this about Vegas winning in their first year and use this as a comparison. If everybody thinks that the story is good for new fans to hockey, my comparison is this, says Sean. I am not an NBA fan, far from an NBA fan, and if the NBA had an expansion team and a roll to the final in this fashion, that would not have made me a new fan. I would say, no wonder. I hate the NBA and what a Mickey Mouse league. I get wanting a competitive team, but this, to me, looks bad on the league uh, that doesn't need any help looking Mickey Mouse on its own every day. But I won't fault them for playing, uh, them for playing by the rules on the expansion draft and the stupidity of teams like Florida, Anaheim, Pittsburgh, for example, that severely helped them along the way. That comes to us from Sean. Well, you heard John Shannon. Uh, he mentioned Florida... Columbus and who was the other one that he meant? Oh, Minnesota. So Minnesota sent uh, along with Eric Hall a prospect Alex Tuck, who in three years tonight might might be the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. So a guy that's turned out to be a top six winger with a second line center. Florida, and that was so they wouldn't draft one of their defensemen. Uh, Florida 
And we already heard the story. They wanted to dump Riley Smith's contract, so they had a Jonathan Marshall show. Anaheim wanted uh, the Vegas Golden Knights to pick up, who is the defenseman? Stoner, that played for Rob Dom down in Houston. Uh, Clayton Stoner at $3.6 million. So they got uh, Shea Theodore. Pittsburgh threw in a second-round pick, so they take Flurry. That deal was done in, like, February. He mentioned one other team there, Florida, Anaheim, Pittsburgh, okay. Oh, Columbus. So Columbus, uh, for the Golden Knights taking off to David Clarkson, um, Columbus threw in William Carlson, who scored 40 goals and went plus 49 this year. After a while, the math, it's wow. Hey, George McPhee, he did a pretty good job. You know, Brendan, he always built pretty good teams in Washington. Just didn't have a goaltender like Marc-Andre Fleury. <laughs> That's all there was to it, in my opinion. All righty. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Uh, Should have Manny Viveros in studio when we return in Oilers Now.